Welcome back to the Silver Club Podcast. We've got a little bonus edition this week revolving around the Augusta National Women's Amateur. In our podcast, we released on Tuesday with Wake Forest senior star Jennifer Cupshow. Jennifer is leading the Augusta National Women's Amateur by one shot over Maria Fossey. She's five under par through two rounds. She will play in the final group tomorrow on NBC National Television, live from noon to 3 Eastern. you got to check that out. And if you haven't checked out our podcast that was put out this week, please do with Jennifer Cupshow. Great insight into the person and the player that is leading this Augusta National Women's Amateur. And we've got two guests that are on this podcast right now, one who is on the grounds and one who is getting to the grounds. I speak of none other than John Steinbretter, the Global Golf Post senior writer. He is there, going to give us a lot of great insight, as well as Stephen Cupshow, who is Jennifer's brother, a great competitive player, professional player in his own right. He's on his way from Phoenix to Augusta as we speak and can't wait to watch his little sister get out there and try to win the inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur. And before we get to John and Stephen, we couldn't do this podcast without the help of the Silver Club Golfing Society, a great competitive amateur society for indexes 7.9 and below. We are launching our events this year. This is our inaugural year for the Silver Club Golfing Society. We're building our membership up each and every day. We've got our first event at Bay Hill Club and Lodge in Orlando, Florida, the week after the Masters, and we've got a full slate of events on the table this year. So please check that out at silverclubgolfingsociety.com on the web or on social media at Silver Club Golf. Check out this next Silver Club podcast with the bonus coverage from the Augusta National Women's Amateur. We have esteemed golf writer for Global Golf Post. He is the senior writer for Global Golf Post. John Steinbretter's on the grounds of Augusta National as we speak. John, what's the atmosphere like there? Well, it's it's exciting. It's actually quite different. Uh, I was out on the golf course a little while ago, out right around the clubhouse, and uh, the young women very pumped up. Uh, their parents are there. Their friends are there. They're very excited, but. Uh, also, the journalists that are covering it, the Green Jackets, the members of Augusta National that are out there as well, uh, there's a there's a good buzz about it. It's a quiet day today. It's a practice round for them this Friday. So uh, there's no patrons on the grounds. There will be tomorrow when the final round of this tournament is played. But nonetheless, it it is exciting. It feels like it's historic. Uh, you have that sense of it being an historic event. And people seem very, very fired up about it and very happy that this is uh, taking place. Yeah, it's it's super exciting for the women's game. I mean, the amateur game in general to be able to get all these amateurs out there and play at Augusta National. I know all the way back to Bobby Jones and during the Masters, all the all the years they used to have so many uh, amateurs play in their events. All the Walker Cup participants and uh, amateur game is very very special to Augusta National and uh, to, to have this there is very cool. Um, so, so the atmosphere there, so, so what, what's the weather like today? Uh, what do you think the players are going to be facing tomorrow when, when they uh, step up to competition? Uh, the weather's been great today. It rained last night, uh, which was good for those of us who suffer from uh, allergies and uh, it mitigated the effects of the pollen, which is everywhere. That's wonderful. Uh, <laughs> 
it, it's a little cloudy, a little cool, uh, cool, cool for people down here in Georgia, not so cool for people like me who are from uh, the New York area. And it's kind of a dreary day. Greens are probably a little bit soft. Uh, they probably won't be cut nearly as fast as they would be. Uh, or they will be next week playing off of the first tee and the members tee in the first hole. And uh, while we were not allowed out on the golf course, all of them, I think the sense was that they were going to be playing for the member, which is about 62, 6,300 yards, which seems about right. And um, their sense in, in talking to some of the horse was uh, greens are pretty receptive. They were kind of soft because of the rain, and they figured it's definitely going to get speeded up for tomorrow, and they, they're excited about it. And forecast is not great for the weekend. We're looking at it rain off and on this weekend, so uh, it may be a factor tomorrow. It's, it's hard to tell. It was supposed to rain pretty good this morning. It did not. Uh, it never really brightened up. It, uh, it, it stayed pretty dry for them. They were all able to get their practice rounds in. Well, that's good. Yeah, a lot of them haven't played the uh, the grounds there, stepped on the ground, so I'm sure that that's uh, very, very important for them to to get a sense of, of everything that's going on. It has to favor Jennifer Cupshow, I would imagine, right? I mean, she's, a, she's one of the longest hitters in the game. She bombs it down there. Uh, you know, the golf course playing longer should play into her hands, I would imagine, right? It's not surprising that two of the biggest hitters out here, uh, Jennifer and then Maria Fossey from Mexico, are are sitting there in the tournament 500 and 400 respectively. And Jennifer spoke to that after her round saying that she thought her distance was going to be an advantage out here. As we see that happen oftentimes for the men who play in the masters that it helps to get down that fairway as far as they can and hitting as short an iron as possible into these greens. Um, as long as they get into the right, right quadrants, uh, that'll, uh, that'll help them out just fine. So yeah, she seemed confident. She feels she's playing very well. She shot at 68 the first day. Uh, fell back a little bit with a 71 yesterday, but she uh, she thinks she got some things figured out. And she was sort of laughing afterwards. She'd been uh, debating whether to take her caddy, uh, have her father caddy for her, which is what he's done an awful lot of in the past, or whether she was going to call caddy. Uh, she had her dad caddy for her at uh, Champions Retreat, where the first two rounds of the tournament were played. She had an Augusta caddy today, and she said it looks like she's going to have to fire her dad and use that Augusta caddy tomorrow because they got on very well and, and uh, seemed to work well together. So uh, that's what she'll be doing tomorrow. She seems very confident. Uh, very looking forward to doing this. She, you know, senior at Wake Forest. She's played here before, so not a lot, but at least you know a couple times. So it's not completely new and different for her. She's played in the you know Women's Open and and uh, played in some pretty big events on tour already, even as an amateur. So she seems like she's going to be hers tomorrow uh, pretty well. Uh, still, they'll be there, of course. I mean, there's no more intimidating first tee in golf than Augusta National. I guess the old course in St. Andrews would be what I put up there, too. Very well equipped to handle the nerves. Uh, her experience uh, in playing here before, she's played a few rounds here before. She's played in the Women's Open. Uh, she's been on pretty big stages before in golf, so uh, she seems to be pretty calm and to have a good uh, sense of herself and a sense of the stage that she's on, and I think she'll handle her nerves pretty well. Any sense on the grounds, you know, it's kind of a weird format really for, you know, stopping and starting again tomorrow, you know, with the, with the tournament. Uh, it's, it's a very, you know, with a practice round day kind of sandwiched in the middle of tournament days, any sense that that's a deterrent or a, a help for anybody? Uh, not at all. I mean, I agree with you. It's a very odd format. Everybody acknowledged the idea that certainly those who are competing are thrilled just to be here and have no problems with that setup, but it is a little bit strange to have it done this way. It seems to be uh, everybody's taking it in stride. I haven't heard one word against it from any of the players. 
I guess an extra round on the grounds of Augusta National isn't the worst thing in the world, so uh, <laughs> they'll take advantage of it. And for, for Jennifer particularly, in her LPGA, she's got her LPGA Tour card. In the LPGA Tour Q series that was played over eight rounds, uh, there was actually a split in the middle of each four-round segment. Uh, there was a three-day split in the middle. So I, I think she's pretty used to this sort of feeling, uh, you know, maybe sleeping on a lead for a few nights. She ended up finishing second in that Q series and has got her tour card. But I think she's kind of probably pretty used to this, no? Yeah, I mean, I think the thing I noticed about her today was um, uh, very uh, cool, very calm, uh, very focused about this. It seems like uh, she's done this before, as you mentioned, with the LPGA uh, she's done it, I'm sure, in college before. It always hasn't been a smooth transition. She, she just seems like it doesn't bother her in the least. She didn't bring it up when it was brought up. She didn't seem to think it was any issue whatsoever and just seemed focused on around uh, tomorrow, had a very good day today. She said she played very well today, figured out some issues she'd had the, uh, the second round at Champions Retreat. And, and didn't seem the least bit concerned or worried about having these layovers and the different sort of event this has been. And it's been a different event. You know, they were at the club for a big dinner on Tuesday night. They've uh, you know been going back and forth between a couple of different golf courses. It's uh, nothing seems to be bothering her. And she seems very calm and very placid and, and ready to go. I have to plug Global Golf Post because you guys are, are putting out some great editorial pieces. There was a great story recently that your, one of your colleagues, Steve Eubanks, wrote about some of how the top amateurs really had to choose between this event at Augusta National and the ANA Inspiration. What is your take on this dilemma that the young women faced? You know, it's hard, but it's a timing thing. I mean, you know, for Augusta, of course, this is the only time they could really do this. You wouldn't want to do it after the tour. This way you ensure the contingent of uh, media members that are here covering it. Uh, the course is in great shape. Uh, the grounds are in great shape. It just wouldn't work afterwards. It wouldn't work at any other time. And that's an unfortunate you know, conflict that maybe there's a way to resolve it down the road. But uh, there, there was really no other time to do this, I don't think. Well, it's, uh, I'm sure any time is, is great to be able to play Augusta National, and I know that uh, you know, you're excited to be down there, and you'll, you'll be around for the Masters, I'm sure, next week. And uh, Just one final question. What, what sort of, uh, what sort of uh, feelings or thoughts? I mean, you, you've been going to Augusta National for many, many years. When you step onto the grounds there, what's, what are some of the thoughts or adjectives you would describe the, the surroundings as as being at Augusta National. Yeah, I mean the feelings you have when you step on these on these grounds here are, are just unbelievable. It's a very well run tournament. It's uh, immaculate uh, from a a landscaping standpoint, and it's all about golf and golf in its purest. I just iconic, uh, historic, uh, mesmerizing. I mean, those are words that just um, done in a very old style. Uh, very thoughtful, very uh, hospitable way. And I just, you can't say enough about it. And you just, it's the happiest place on earth. Have you had a chance to play the golf course ever over your, all those years that you've been, uh, been coming there? 
I have. I've been able to play several rounds over the years here, Steve. I've been very lucky to do that, and um, I adore it. I can't imagine what it's like to play from the back tees they're playing from today, but from the members' tees, it's just as it's as good and as joyous a round of golf as there is. And describe it in books of mine. I mean, I think the best golf experience in the world is spending a couple of days here at Augusta National, playing a couple of rounds, and just getting to soak it all in because there's so much good as far as golf is concerned to soak in here. Another thing that's great is having you uh, on our podcast, and uh, we, we couldn't thank you enough. John Steinbrenner, senior writer and travel editor, I mind you, from Global Golf Post. you got to check out Global Golf Post and Global Golf Post Plus, putting out some amazing editorial pieces uh, all over social media, online, everywhere. Check out, check out them online, and uh, you, you'll, you'll be very glad you did. Thanks so much for being on, John. Thanks for having me, Stephen. It was great fun. That was some wonderful insight by Global Golf Post John Steinbretter on the grounds at Augusta National. Thank you, John. Now we're going to shift gears a little bit and get a sense of what it's like inside the Cup Show family with Jennifer's older brother, Stephen, a great player in his own right. We're going to get to him right now and get inside to see what Jennifer might actually be thinking going into the final round of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Take a listen. Really excited to be joined by Stephen Cupshow. He is Jennifer Cupshow's brother and a great player in his own right, and we're going to get to that in just a moment. But really need to have the insight from uh, the the older sibling, uh, a few years older than Jennifer, right? Uh, yeah, four, four years older, and uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, Steve. So uh, you're telling me that you've had a, a heck of an experience just trying to get to Augusta after seeing Jennifer now in first place in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. You had to get a flight out to see her. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, uh, you know, this is obviously something that I didn't want to miss from the get go, but um, just had a couple of things that were kind of holding me back from from making the trip. And then, uh, you know, just obviously watching the scores the last two days, I was like, man, I am I'm really missing out. And it kind of hit me. And, uh, you know, I was at the golf course practicing yesterday and, uh, you know, just kept getting just, all, you know, all the all the members, all my friends were like, are you going to go like you need to go? You know, like this this is the greatest opportunity. You're going to hate yourself if you don't go. And I'm sitting there refreshing the leaderboard every like two or three minutes being totally unproductive and was like, you know what, we're, we're going to go home. We're going to look at flights and, uh, see, see if we can get out to Augusta. And I got on the phone with, with my sister and, and was able to, uh, you know, hitch a ride here from Charlotte in a few minutes and get down to Augusta. So lots of moving parts, but it all came together and, uh, you know, couldn't, couldn't be more excited to, to get down there and watch tomorrow's final round. And you, you mentioned speaking to your sister. Obviously, she's she's in the lead uh, in arguably the biggest amateur championship that she can play in this inaugural Augusta National Women's Amateur. How is she feeling? <laughs> Jennifer's, uh, she's, she's interesting because she doesn't show the emotions um, like you might expect as far as like the giddiness um, and, and, and nervousness, but she's excited. Right. And, and, and I can tell that my parents can tell that all her friends can tell that, but, uh, I think she's, she was just born to kind of be cool, you know, cool as a cucumber when she's talking to, uh, anybody about it. And when you see her on TV, you know, sometimes she even just looks like intense and, and that's just who she is. But, um, you know, I, obviously I know her, uh, pretty well now, uh, after 21 years and, uh, 
she's as excited as I think she's ever been for, for anything golf or otherwise. The, the level of excitement that you have for her, uh, do you think that trumps anything that she has maybe right now? You know, it might. Uh, I mean, anybody listening, you, you know the feeling when, when Augusta, when the, when the Masters comes on in April. And um, maybe it's extra special for me because it's always been my birthday weekend. But there's just something about the Masters and you just look forward to watching the tournament. It's, it's kind of the, the start of the golf season, um, at least in Colorado. You know, the, the weather's coming around and, you know, it, it, golf's in the air and I, I mean, I can't, I don't, I'm speechless. I'm, I'm going to Augusta to watch my little sister play golf. And uh, I mean, there's just, there's no words for that. It's, it's indescribable. I have to mention that you are a great player in your own right. You've played on the Dakotas Tour the last few years. This last year, you had six top tens in the Dakotas Tour, uh, three top fives. You had a runner-up finish uh, in Minot, North Dakota, shooting 67, 67, 66, and 65 in this four-round event. Um, you're certainly a great player in your own right. And so what advice does a, does a great player like yourself have for, you know, for your sister, who's obviously an amazing player? What what sort of advice do you have for her in, in leading up to this Augusta National Women's Amateur? And did she listen? Um, well, well, first off, I mean, appreciate appreciate those kind words. Um, but, you know, I it, it sounds funny, but uh, you know, I, I haven't won since 2012. I've, I've, I've come runner up a lot of times. Um, and I don't think that has anything to do with how I play. I just think that it's just kind of been a streak of bad luck. And I think that the mindset that she's going to take into Saturday, um, is the same mindset that I would advise her to. And, and that we've always worked on with our coach back in Colorado and, and her college coaches and just anybody we've ever talked to in the game. And, and that's that you go out and you play your game. Um, you know, you, you hit, hit to the wide, wide spots of the fairway. Um, you play away from pins that are, that might be tucked and, um, you know, you play, you, you aim your shot patterns, not, you're not, you know, you're not hitting a shotgun, you're hitting a sniper rifle and you go out and you play the numbers and you trust that you're a great putter because she is. and um, you see how the car- the cards fall at the end of the day there, but, um, I know she's not going to be going out there firing, think sh- thinking she needs to win this thing by a, uh, you know, four or five or whatever. She's going to play her game. And when it comes down to the last couple holes, um, you maybe maybe you're playing match play at that point, if there's one person chasing you, but I think you go out there prepared to play the golf course, like you would any other time and, and try and do that for 18 holes and see how you stack up. For sure, for sure. And, and and the competitiveness inside of her really is going to be the driving force. Now, do you think uh, how much of this competitiveness has uh, rubbed off on you or has she have you rubbed off on her over the years and she just kind of ran with it or talk about her level of of competitiveness when she's out in that arena? Well, um, it's, it's funny you bring that up. I listened to a, a podcast um, just the other day um, with with Christian Leitner. And he was saying, he was talking about how his older brother is, uh, was so mean to him and bullied him. And, you know, it's always told, you know, just, just love to wipe his face whenever he beat him. And it's pretty funny because my sister and I were like that growing up. Um, you know, anything from I'd strap the hockey pad, you know, the goalie pads on her in the basement and just hit slap shots at her to, you know, <laughs> telling her how, how, how I hit it further and, and all that stuff. And, 
uh, you know, and that's adolescence. You're joking around sure. and, and, and just giving each other a hard time. But at the end of the day, I think, <laughs> I, I think it did work out in the long run for her because she's a, she's a tough cookie. And, and what she had, the other piece of it for her, is she's not extremely analytical. If things, if she hits a bad shot or you know, something doesn't go her way out there, she's not the type that's going to jump to, oh, what's, you know, I'm doing this with my swing or, um, you know, I, I'm doing this with my putting stroke. Like th- that's not her style. Um, she's a, she's a very feel player, and I mean, quite honestly, she's she's just kind of a freak athlete. She's like Dustin Johnson, that that kind of just raw athletic talent and really good hands, and she's able to feel her way around the golf course and not dwell on those bad swings or or bad shots. And between the two of those things. Uh, it's, she's a pretty fierce competitor. Um, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad I don't have to play against her for money. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm sure you have a few times and, uh, it probably hasn't gone your way. Uh, if you give her uh, it a little advantage with the T up there, but, uh, uh, let's move oh, yeah. on and just talk a little about, talk about the caddy situation for a second. Now I know your, your dad, Mike caddied for her in the first few rounds has caddied for yep. her in the past, uh, LPGA mm-hmm. Q series where she's, uh, she finished runner-up and uh, ha- has her tour card right now. You know, might your father step aside in the final round and give a a local experience caddy around Augusta National the bag for the way? Ha- ha- have you guys discussed that at all? Um, actually, yes. And my understanding is that all of the players are actually required to take local caddies for the practice round and the final round at Augusta National Golf Club. They're required to take them for the final round. Interesting. Yeah. Yep. So that's, uh, that's what's going to, yeah, that's my understanding. So yeah, unfortunately my dad had to relinquish the bag, but, um, I'm sure a lot of that has to go, goes into consideration as far as course maintenance and and upkeep of the course going into, to master's week. Um, and then also just a cool experience. I mean, I guess the national is the pinnacle of golf in the world, in my opinion. And, I think that the caddies are an integral and special part of that experience. So um, between those two factors, I, I think it's great of Augusta to do that and, and give them somebody that knows the greens and know the, knows the course, given that, uh, you know, they're just going out there for the one practice round and then the final round. It, will that affect her, do you think? Um, I don't think it will. Uh, Not having her trusty caddy right there alongside. Right, right. Uh, You know, I mean, thinking back to uh, times where she's had maybe a stranger caddy for uh, the biggest one that comes to mind is Curtis Cup last year. Um, Those were all local caddies up there at Quaker Ridge. True. And uh, I was out there watching her at that one. And uh, I thought she bonded really well. She she had a great caddy. I'm sure she'll have a great caddy again here at Augusta. Only the best are going to be at Augusta. But, um, you know, she's she's a solid player that plays all these college college tournaments amateur events her whole career without uh always necessarily having a caddy so i don't think it'll disrupt her much um i mean the guy as long as you keep her clubs clean she's she's pretty easy to caddy for in all honesty (laughs) were you ever asked to be uh to be on her bag for for any of this and and might you as she gets onto the lpga tour um yes it's it's definitely been discussed i caddied for at um, actually that, that U S junior am that you uh, guys talked about when you interviewed her and had her on the podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, I was on the bag for at that one. I got to caddy for it at her first U S open, um, a few other qualifiers. 
And, you know, we've discussed, uh, we, you know, we thought about Augusta, but one, I couldn't make it work. And two, I mean, you're just not going to take, I mean, that's, that's my dad's that you, you know, that's his, his thing. I mean, I would never, never even think of stepping in the way of that one, but, um, down the road, I would love to caddy for, but you know, my, my career is trending up. Um, I'm finally in a position where I can play golf full time, um, year round. Uh, and been working for working towards that for the last three years. So, uh, in the short term, there's real, really no plan for me to, um, caddy for We're we're working on finding, um, somebody to do that. But as much as I'd love to, I'm just, I'm just not ready to give up the dream myself. Sure. Sure. Now talk about it. Talk, let's just, uh, throw out your career and what, what you're doing and tell our listeners on the silver club podcast, what you're doing right now, uh, and where, where are you going to be playing professionally this year? And, and your, maybe some of your experiences at Q school, uh, in the past. Yeah, absolutely. Um, going in, going into my third, uh, full summer of golf and, I guess what's probably unique about me is that, uh, you know, under advice of my coach and my dad and my, and my mom and, and some close friends, I've always treated, um, this as a job and as a profession and a way to make a living. So, uh, I wasn't, I wasn't fortunate enough to have, um, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars backing me when I started playing professionally, I, I raised it from, from some friends and family and, I've always tried to run like a four, you know, always tried to make money on the year. Um, and so what that entails for me is I play a number of events like the Dakotas tour state opens, um, looked at playing maybe some of the PGA tour developmental tours Mm -hmm. and the money that I can make from that in that, you know, what I can profit off of those, um, that's, I use that money to play Q schools and pay for, you know, practice facilities and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, a Q school is a money losing operation. And in some regards, um, I'm of the opinion that the PGA tour, uh, developmental tours, so Canada, Latin America, and China are basically money losing endeavors for most professional golfers. So I've steered clear of those. I try to play state opens, Dakota's tour, any other mini tour events I can really find during the, the summer to make money. And the money that I make from those, I will use for Monday qualifiers or Q school. Um, cause obviously the next step for me is to, to get on the web.com tour and then take the step beyond that and get on the PGA tour. But, uh, yeah, I, I I'm not nearly as aggressive as maybe some young pros are, but, uh, at the end of the day, um, I think this is a long-term deal. It, if you look at the numbers, it takes the average guy eight years to get onto the PGA tour. So yeah, it's something, isn't um, it? It's a marathon, yeah. So you, I don't, I don't want to sprint through it, burn through all the money, and give up on it yet. Just yet, I think there's still a lot of improvement um, to be had on my end. No, it's it, it is, and trying to yeah, trying to get in the positive playing the mini tours is certainly challenging. I know I did it for uh, for several years, and uh, but that's uh, you know, best of luck to you doing that. Uh, before I let you go, you. Uh, and and as you before you make your way down to. Uh, the promised land that is Augusta National to watch your sister Jennifer tomorrow, hopefully take the title in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. What is one thing that the world should know about your sister? Um, I, what I would say, and this is what I think most people miss, um, and, and you, if you go back and you watch the replay of her making that putt on, on 16 at the National Championship last year, she's 
She's one of the most fun and one of the most goofy people you'll ever meet. Um, <laughs> once, once you get her into that setting where she's comfortable, um, you know, she, she's just an absolute blast to be around. And what, you know, while she's competitive and, and looks kind of mean on TV sometimes, I mean, I think, I think you saw it when, when, when you interviewed her even, I thought, uh, you know, I thought a lot of her personality came out in that interview and you got a lot out of her, but, uh, no, she's she's genuinely a, a very fun person to be around, and I'm excited to uh, watch her and take the next steps of the LPGA Tour because I, I think she's going to be a fan favorite. I just I really hope everybody enjoys cheering her on because uh, I certainly do. Well, I, I would totally agree with your sentiments there, and and I, I definitely think that she's going to be uh, one of those uh, players that's going to be you know maybe carry the torch for American golf and and on the LPGA Tour and. Uh, certainly this week in the Augusta national women's amateur has got as great of a chance as anybody, uh, to capture this, this fantastic title down there. So, uh, get on your way, get down there, uh, enjoy the, enjoy the walk and, and hopefully it all, uh, it all comes together with a big W for Jennifer tomorrow. Absolutely. It'll be a, a great experience either way. So I, I appreciate it. Stephen cup show. Thanks so much for joining us here on the silver club podcast. Thanks for having me. We'll talk to you later. We can't thank both John and Stephen enough for giving us their time today in advance of this final round of the Augusta National Women's Amateur. It's going to be really exciting to watch that final round tomorrow from noon to 3 o'clock on NBC live television coverage to see who does capture this very first Augusta National Women's Amateur from the place that we all know and love, Augusta National. Thanks so much for listening to this Silver Club podcast. We'll be back with more next time, bringing you just a little bit closer to the game.